Today is April 2nd, 2020, and this is the third uh, episode of This Week in Fakeball, your monthly RBA update that also serves as a reprieve from the human hernia that is Commissioner J.R. Richardson. I am uh, Jeff Hobbs, your host and uh, manager of the Arizona Greenbacks franchise, charter member of the RBA. And, uh, well, since we're all on lockdown, since the world is about to end, uh, I probably should have played It's the End of the World as We Know It, or maybe Don't Fear the Reaper. Figured that'd be a little cliche at this point. But anyway, um, since we're all on lockdown and everything, my, 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 uh, my office uh, is, has been moved. I moved it into my house, into my hot tub room on Friday, uh, last Friday, so... I am working from home now, and I figured why not do a This Week in Fake Ball. All right, so two main, uh, two main segments today. Uh, this ought to be fun. This ought to be, a, this ought to be a fun one to do and hopefully to listen to. Uh, part one of this episode is going to be uh, spreadsheet scores. I was going to keep these to myself, and then I thought, eh, you know what, at least for this season, Let's make them public. I don't. They don't need to be proprietary. For, let's let's go ahead and make them public to the RBA. So I'm going to run through the. Um, it's weird to talk about spreadsheet scores, but I can do that. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to run through the teams quickly, all of the teams in the RBA. I'll go ahead and give you their spreadsheet scores as they exist right now. The average is set to 80. All right. So just to refresh your memories, 80 is average. 120 is borderline great. Uh, that's sort of like a 95 win team. And um, uh, 40 is borderline terrible. That's kind of like a 90, you know, 95 loss team, basically. So somewhere in the high 60s for wins, and then somewhere in the low to mid 90s uh, for wins for, on the upside. So, so that's kind of your, your typical range. Anyway, let's go ahead and talk about the teams in the RBA as they stand right now. So, here goes. Um, okay, so I'm going to give each team score, again with the average being set to 80, as well as the estimated, and this is a fairly rough estimate, the estimated wins that this team has on its roster, that each team has on its roster right now, meaning if they picked up what I'm calling replacement level players, these are players who are a bit better than replacement level in the major leagues, but what I consider to be RBA, uh, RBA replacement level players, if they filled out the rest of their rosters with these kinds of players, this is how many wins each team would finish with, okay? So, um, so here goes. We'll start in the Larkin division. Uh, okay, I guess I'll go top to bottom. Why not? Uh, so the best team in the Larkin division, the Larkin division looks like it's going to be fun this year. 
with a score of 96, where the average is 80. So again, not that far above average, but a, a certainly a good team. Uh, 77.5 wins on the roster. The Dunedin Clear Blues. It makes me sick to say this, uh, not that I have anything against Dunedin, but I do have something against JR. And, um, well, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Dunedin is tops in the Larkin division right now, primarily because of their one-two punch in the rotation. Jake DeGrom and Ryu. So, anyway, also Presley's quite the reliever uh, for this next uh, disc. Uh, and, of course, Cody Bellinger and Trey Turner in the infield. All right, so they're number one in the league with a 96. Uh, let's see here. Second place uh, with an 88. 74.9 wins to Dunedin 77.5. Uh, the Arizona Greenbacks, okay? So uh, a couple of wins behind, about two and a half wins, I suppose, behind Dunedin. The strengths on this team are the closer, Emilio Pagan, Steven Strasburg, um, it will be the uh, ace of the rotation again. Uh, George Springer had the best year of his career, the trade for Miguel Sano. And Colton Wong is a quite a valuable second baseman as well. All right. Third place as of right now, according to the Almighty Hobbs spreadsheet in the Larkin division, with a score of 85, 73.7 wins. So a win, win and a quarter, maybe below Arizona. The Las Vegas effect. Las Vegas is led by Lance Lynn in the rotation. They don't have any relievers. I should mention that these scores, I believe, are completely up to date after all trades and everything. Lance Lynn leads the starting rotation. They also have a lot of depth in that rotation. They've got a full rotation already. Um, uh, Loriano in the outfield uh, is another key player, but uh, Trevor Story is the superstar of this team, really. And Freddie Freeman, can't, uh, can't neglect to mention him. Okay, uh, fourth place within 82. Virtually a very little dif- uh, distance between number one and number four, 96 down to 82, only 14 points, 72.8 projected wins, less than five wins below the top team. So this is why I was saying the Larkin division should be a lot of fun this year. The Atlanta Avalanche. Atlanta has three of the very best relievers, maybe the three best relievers on a rate stat basis in the, in the RBA. Liam Hendricks, Vazquez, Her- uh, Will Harris. Um, that's their strength. And Josh Hader is also good. So they've got four very good, uh, relievers already on the roster. And so, yeah, that, 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 that's their strength. Um, also obviously Aaron Judge and Josh Donaldson. Those are the key players, the key position players on this team. Okay. And, uh, finally with a score of negative two, uh, 45.6 wins. This comes after a couple of trades. Uh, 45.6 wins, a good, uh, you know, 27 or whatever below uh, Atlanta. The Elm Grove Cardinals. Not a whole lot uh, left on this team after the trades. Um, Steven Matz. Ooh, Miguel Conforto, I suppose Puig and Diaz. Yeah, there's not much on this roster right now. Uh, Elm Grove had their worst team by far back in 2017, and it looks like it's time for them to rebuild again. So over to the, uh, to, <laughs> to state the obvious, over to the Puckett division now. Uh, let's have a look here. So not, surpri- not a surprise to anybody who's been following along, the top team in the Puckett division is Berea, with a 131 and 88.6 projected wins. 
Uh, looks like this team is all in. Uh, they are led by, well, first of all, a great rotation. Justin Verlander is the, is the main guy, but also Shane Bieber, Barrios. Uh, yeah, this is a good, <laughs> very good rotation. The best in the league. It's gotta be. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Joey Gallo had a nice year. He's only a halftime player. Um, Austin Meadows, they, they're just kind of strong everywhere. Rayal Muto is probably their best position player in terms of a combination of rate, val, rate stats and um, position adjustments and everything and, and usage, overall usage. He can play 85% of the season as a catcher. So that doesn't happen all the time. Uh, this is the best team in the league, and it's not that close, uh, not since the Verlander trade. Uh, then we have, with a 103, so better than Dunedin over in the Larkin division, better than every Larkin division team by a small amount. Uh, 79.6 projected wins. The Fort Duquesne Corsairs. Uh, Tyler Glasnow is a great quarter-time pitcher, and Kershaw and Soraka are great. So, so uh, their strength has got to be in the rotation as well. Giovanni Soto, another strength, um, as is Mitch Garver. My Lord, where did that come from, huh? Um, Josh Bell, of course, had a great season, uh, over at first base. This team's got a lot of, uh, Mark Canna, this team's got a lot of good players sp- sprinkled throughout the lineup. So, th- so they are, um, yeah, they're like a couple wins better than Dunedin and about five wins better than Arizona over in the Larkin division. They are nine wins worse, according to the almighty spreadsheet than Berea. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a climb for them to get to Berea's level, but we have wild cards. Um, they don't have to win the division to uh, win the whole thing. Middletown. Wait, uh, is this correct? The third team. Ah, actually, well, okay. The third best team, according to my spreadsheet, is actually Susquehanna, but it's very close. There are 76, 71 projected wins. Um, yeah, 71 projected wins. So notice the drop-off. I've got them as worse than the... Uh, Fourth best team in the Larkin, but 71 wins. They could definitely contend. I mean, there's no, there's no question about it. Um, that's, they're not in a bad position at all. Uh, they've got uh, five starting pitchers. Well, if you count Tyon, they've really got four starting pitchers. No, wait a minute. Urias can't pitch much either. Okay, so they have five starting pitchers, but they add up to about three full-time starters. Um, uh, let's see. What else can they do here? Oh, well, they've got Mike Trout. Uh, Nothing more really needs to be said, but I'll say a little more. Mike Trout, of course, is Mike Trout. I don't think I need to say anything else. Um, Carlos Correa at shortstop. Only a halftime player, but a superstar when he can play. And Yasmani Grandal, again, very limited usage, but he's really good when he can play. The the main problem with this team is usage. Um, But Trout and Acuna in the outfield is big for them, obviously. Uh, there's no, no reason they can't contend at all. Uh, then we have Middletown also with a 76, 70.8 projected wins. So virtual tie with Susquehanna, um, the same kind of raw score or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, Middletown, no reason they can't contend either. I I don't think, I mean, they'll make a decision one way or the other, but, uh, Granke, Zach Granke is the star of the rotation, but don't count out or don't discount Jeff Samarja, Brandon Woodruff. The strength of this team is, is definitely in the starting rotation. Uh, Jose Altuve at second base. And Polanco, Jorge Polanco, nice season at shortstop. This is a pretty good team. Uh, they've got some work to do, but they can contend. They certainly can try to contend if they want to. If I were them, I probably would. Um, and finally, 
In fifth place, but not to be counted out either, is the Silver City Vultures. Uh, They've got a team score of 64, 67 wins. I can tell you that if they draft well, and if they make a trade, but even if they don't make a trade, even if they don't make a trade and they draft well, they could add 15 wins. They could, they certainly could, and end up with an 82 win team. Doesn't sound great, but it's you know just above average. Um, that's the team that I had last season, and that team actually won 90, 92 games, I think. Um, yeah, there's no reason that they can't try to contend. I, I think they've got a decent team. Their strengths are Nelson Cruz in the outfield, a bummer, uh, Aaron Bummer in the bullpen, Suarez. Uh, LeMayhew, they've got quite, they've got some big, some big hitters, um, mainly Suarez, LeMayhew, and Cruz, but you make that your 2-3-4 in your lineup or whatever, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to cause some problems for some teams. I I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, tried to contend and and ended up doing pretty well. So anyway, that's where we stand. Um, Those are the team scores. And now on to segment number two. Um, so I see nine teams potentially trying to contend this year out of 10. That would be fantastic. I would love that as a, as a, as a fan of the RBA, as much as, you know, as an owner who maybe doesn't want to see so much competition. I, I, I still want to see this. Um, okay. Segment number two. Uh, this may take a little while, but I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Um, let's see here. We're talking about uh, the origins of the RBA. Let's go back to the year 2000, all right? The year 2000. I had known JR for less than a year. I didn't even really know him that well. Uh, he was a friend of Adam's. And he, I guess, had caught wind, probably from Adam, of the fact that I ran a, and still run, a computer hockey league, and that Adam and Booker together ran a computer football league. And um, anyway, JR said to himself, I, I'm assuming, said to himself, I'm a lifelong baseball fan. Why not? Why, why don't I try to create and run a computer baseball league? And so what he did, this was in the summer of 2000. But the thing is, I guess he probably didn't have any games that he wanted to run this league on. So... What he did was he said, um, I'll create it myself using the random number feature on my calculator. So he, he takes like this entire summer, or a good chunk of it anyway, and works through this, you know, this program, tries to make it as good of a, of a program as he can. He recruits eight people. He ends up recruiting eight people, mostly from my hockey league, or Adam slash Booker's, Adam's uh, and Booker's uh, f- uh, football league to join him, to, to take on teams in his about-to-be baseball league. And uh, in fact, I think the only person he recruited who was not a member of either of those leagues was Chad. So I was in both leagues, or as the commissioner of one and in the other. Todd was in both. Uh, Booker was in both, obviously. Adam, well, Booker had been in my hockey league. Adam was in both. Scooter was in both. Steve was in both. And Jesse was in both. So um, basically, uh, yeah, this is where the vast majority of the pool of the original RBA personalities came from. So he creates this program, and he... uh, he holds, a, he holds the draft in the fall, 
I want to say it was around October of 2000, and this is going to be the 2001 season based on the 2000 stats. If you want the full story of this, you can listen to the 2001 RBA Replay podcast that JR and I did. I think it's about 40 minutes long, but the sound quality is terrible. Um, The sound quality of, I believe it's the first three of those, 2001, 2002, and 2003 are just terrible. It's just terrible. Um, These were the early days of podcasting. We, We recorded these in 2011, And, uh, yeah, so anyway, but there's a lot of information there. They are somewhat entertaining to listen to anyway. So, so JR, uh, creates this league in the year 2000, starts playing it in late 2000. This is the 2001 RBA season, eight teams, two divisions of four, the division winners play in the world series. Okay. So I already mentioned, um, that we had an incredible finish to this season. Arizona was five games down on Collins Ferry, now Elm Grove, Chad's team. We were five games behind them with five games to play. Our last three games were against, you know, we're head-to-head. I won the first two, Chad lost the first two, and then I managed to win all three head-to-head games. And then, so we ended up tied in the uh, standings with records, I believe, of 45 and 36. And then I played Chad in a one-game playoff and beat him, so... The most miraculous comeback we'll probably ever see, and then I got thrashed in the, uh, I got thrashed in the championship by the Scottsdale, the Scottsdale unnamed team. Jr. called them the Scottsdale Scotties team. Uh, Scooter never bothered to come up with a nickname for his own team, and uh, he left the league uh, the following season. Actually, after the draft, uh, while the season, I think around the start of the season, he 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 left. But anyway, um. So here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to mention. I mentioned this once before, but I'll mention it quickly again. I um, ran some replays around which we based the replay podcasts in starting in 2011. But because JNR, JR and I were new to this, because we were, were new to this, we, um, we just wanted to kind of get it done, and we didn't really think that much about accuracy and so we didn't bother to set lineups and rotations for the teams or anything like that. And, um, you know, I, upon thinking about it more recently, I've decided to do that because there can be some significant differences. I'm not, I wasn't sure what those differences would be, but I was pretty sure that at least a few teams would differ notably from the original results that we got. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to begin by reading off quickly the initial results I got back in 2011, and then we'll compare them to the new uh, replay results that I got with lineups and rotations inserted um, for each team, okay? And what I did was I maximized uh, the rotations based on the APBA numbers. I tried to optimize them. So let's start off all the way back in... um, 2001, I'm pulling open this, I'm opening the spreadsheet right now, so bear with me for just a second. Okay, here we go. Okay, so here's what I did originally. I ran 14 pre-plays, replays rather, uh, 14 replays using 14 different managers, micromanagers from the APBA baseball program. And I ran, uh, basically, it looks like 81 game seasons. Uh, so here are the averages or here were the original averages. Collins Ferry averaged 45. You can think of that as 90, of course. Just double these numbers. I'll go ahead and double them right now. So Collins Ferry averaged about 90. Arizona averaged 87.4. 
Detroit averaged uh, 83.2. Milwaukee, 60.8. I should mention who these teams are. (laughs) Collins Ferry, again, was Chad, so they averaged 90. Arizona, that was me, obviously. Uh, About 86.5, 87.5, rather. Detroit, that was, um, oh, let me get this right. That was Booker, about 83, 83 83.2. And Milwaukee was Todd Freimeyer, 60.8. Uh, two of those four coaches no longer with us. In fact, they were gone quickly. Uh, then the pocket division consisted of Scottsdale, again, Scotty Olery, not with us for very long, averaging, uh, let's see, 91.6, about 91 and a half. Fort Duquesne, uh, Fort Duquesne, Fort Worth, that was Adam. He changed his team name a couple of times afterwards. Uh, but anyway, Adam was 45.7 or 91.4. He was about, I mean, he was just behind Scottsdale. Brooklyn, that was Steve Ullery. He also didn't stay stick around for very long. Eight, about 85, 84.6, something like that. And Tallahassee, this was Jesse. Jesse missed the draft. We all started out with basically the same chance, right? Because we had, or exactly the same chance, you could say, really, because we didn't have any players. It was the first season, first draft. But Jesse missed most of the draft, or he missed, I think, the beginning part of the draft, maybe the important part. Uh, he just didn't show up. And so this is why you're going to see, well, I'll just tell you, 59, 59 average wins out of 162. No playoff appearances. Also, Todd had no playoff appearances. Everybody else had at least three out of 14. So a fun, competitive year, but that's what you would expect from the inaugural season of any league. Okay, now let's move on. So what I did was I, uh, I ran 20 replays using five different managers. That's what I've been doing lately. Um, I use 20 replays using five different managers, but those 20 replays actually consist of two 81 game replays each. And the reason I did that was I didn't want fatigue to be a problem. Long story short, uh, fatigue was not an issue uh, in, in the RBA back then. And I wanted to make this as close to the RBA as possible. I want these results to be as accurate as possible despite the fact or given the fact, you know, that we, that we are using a completely different program here than JR's old calculator. So anyway, but, but you'll see that these differences are, I think, I think um, substantial in some, in some cases, in a lot of cases. So here goes. Uh, Arizona, again, averaged about 87 and a half wins before. They go from 87.5 to 91.5. Uh, plus four difference. I was surprised by this. I did not think I would win the Larkin division, but I did. Made the playoffs 13 and a half out of 20 tries. I thought Chad had a little better team, and he probably, he certainly may have. Remember, APBA baseball is not the same as JR's old calculator. Um, so Chad averaged 90 before. He averages 87.1. So he falls off by about three wins. Not a huge amount, but again, Notable, right? Notable. Uh, six and a half playoff appearances out of 20. Okay. Uh, so he makes it about a third of the time. Milwaukee actually finishes third. Now, this is, the, this is the really surprising one to me. Doesn't end up mattering that much. But Milwaukee had averaged 60.8 about. They move all the way up. They move all the way up to... Um, we're talking about an increase of about 14 to 15 
pretty incredible, actually. Um, and very, very surprising. I'm not sure what caused the difference there. But, uh, and then finally, finally we have Detroit. Um, Detroit went, this was Booker's team, from about 83 and a half to, uh, let's see, from about 83 and a half to 74.3. So they lose nine wins. Um, wait, yes, about nine wins. Uh, uh, shocking, shocking how much these teams differ when I put in rotations and lineups. I expected some difference, but not this much. Booker famously said as the season started that he would quit the league. I think he said he would quit the league if he didn't beat Todd in the standings. Here he loses to Todd by about one game per replay on average uh, in the standings. He ended up beating Todd in the actual season by one game and then quit the league along with Todd uh, very, very early into season two. So, uh, whatever. Uh, over in the pocket division, uh, Scottsdale won it last time. Fort Worth wins it this time. Fort Worth averaging about 91, 91 and a half wins previously. Now, get this, 95.7. They win by four average. Uh, they, they win on average by four games uh, per season. They make the playoffs 16 out of 20 times. I should mention that Milwaukee and Detroit never made the playoffs. So Arizona 13 and a half, Collins Ferry the other six and a half, winning the Larkin division. Uh, Fort Worth wins the pocket 16 out of 20 times and again averages 95.7 wins per replay. Pretty impressive. Uh, Scottsdale, 45.8. That's a 91.6, I guess. Um... They drop all the way to 86.8. They lose about five wins. They make the playoffs twice, only twice out of 20 times. Remember, this is the team that won the RBA championship in 2001. They were our first champion. They, um, yeah, don't do as well this time around. Uh, Brooklyn, Steve Ullery, still in the HHA. Uh, didn't last very long in the RBA. Averaged about 85, 84.6 wins the first time around. When I ran these replays, this time 83.4. They stay about exactly the same. They were the one team that didn't move much at all. Uh, they make the playoffs twice. So 16 uh, playoff appearances for Fort Worth in the Pucket Division, two for Scottsdale, two for Brooklyn. And Tallahassee. Tallahassee, uh, zero playoff appearances, obviously. They drop from about 59 wins on average to 53.7. Uh, that is miraculous. They had one season where they went 42 and 119. 42 and 119. Uh, that, that is a season for the ages right there. Again, that was just one. That was the worst of their 20 um, replays. But I should mention that in every single replay I ran, they lost at least 100 games. Every single one. Um, so yeah, Tallahassee was a disaster. They're one of the te- they're one of the, the more humorously bad teams that we sometimes talk about when we reminisce about the uh, about the RBA. So anyway, so that about does it for this episode of this week in Fakeball. Um, we uh, let's see, we'll be back uh, sometime soon. Not sure exactly when, uh, but probably in about a month. Probably early May. This is the April edition, of course. And um, by that point, we will know all kinds of stuff. The draft will have been completed. The season will have most likely started. Um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll get to talk about the auction, the draft, the, the, the updated team scores at the start of the season and everything. So that's going to be a really fun one. And by then, I should have rerun the 2002 um, replays. These things don't actually take me that long to do. I'm trying to do one a month, and they only take maybe three hours total, two, three hours to run them all. So um, I shouldn't have any trouble with that. And we can talk about 2002. I know a lot of you were not around for 2001. Actually, it was just J.R., Chad, and I who are still still here. But 2002 saw the Las Vegas effect and Matt Cooper joined the league along with the, the Chicago Wave and Jared uh, uh, McCormick, <laughs> who's no longer with us. Uh, anyway, uh, so I'll just, uh, I'll just finish it out from here. So I will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.